Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's success at Dens Park, David Forrest. David, how are you? I am class. What what a day out that was. I ended up reading Ur Wally in the pub afterwards. What a time to be alive. It was a great day out. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? Yeah, I'm great. It was, uh, like David said, fantastic day out. Great way to open the season and yeah, had a great time. And rounding off our panel this week is Reese Haldane. Reese, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon. I'm still on cloud nine right now, but what what a way to start the season. You couldn't have possibly asked for a better start. And I think that was our first win on the opening day away from home since 2006, which is an absolutely incredibly, incredibly bad run. But it's good to put that to bed, and what a way to do it. It sure is. I mean, you shouldn't get carried away after one game of the season, but for how big a game it was for the build-up, basically for the last two years, about the next time we played Dundee, it was felt very, very good. A good weekend all round. We will start, as we always do, by just having a look at the starting eleven that Ian McCall named. So there was a bit of a, a crisis at centre-back. Jack McMillan filled in there, and then we were trying to work out who was going to be the right back. We, I think we all maybe suspected it would be Doherty. But it was Kyle Turner that filled in there, and maybe the other surprise was David Mitchell starting in goals. I think the goalkeeping uh, position is one we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail later on. But Jamie, I'll start with you. Were you happy with the starting eleven when you saw it on Saturday? Obviously, I was a bit nervous that we only had one out and out centre half and obviously Holt can't play fullback but he's a centre half this season yeah, obviously Brownlee picking up an injury the day before the game was a big blow he had disrupted a little bit and it meant that McMillan had to move into centre back which I was confident that he could do a job in but I'd rather obviously he plays right back and then pre-match it looked like Ross Doherty was going to be right back but that's what was getting tired about and then it ended up being Kyle Turner who I thought did a really good shift there, to be fair. So I think he definitely deserves a mention for somebody who's usually played as someone through the middle or even an attacking midfielder. I thought he did very well as a right back. And David Mitchell being in for Jamie Stenner, we'll talk a little later. That was probably the most surprising part of the lineup. But apart from that, apart from the defence and the goalkeeper, nothing was that shocking about it. And it's good to see Fitzy and Lawless get some game time. And obviously, Tiff was someone that probably. It sounds mental to say this, might struggle a little bit to get back into the team just due to the fact how well Wallace and Fitzy played, but he's definitely going to be someone who's very prominent this season, so I've got no worries of that. But it's great to have these options, three fantastic ones. Reese, how did your mood get into the game vary before and after you saw the, the team line? I well, that, that's that's what I was saying to Jamie on the bus. So my mate texted me on Friday night and he let us know that 
Burnley pulled his groin in training that day. And when I found that out, I was I was just so tentative. Like I was buzzing like all week. And as soon as I found that on Friday, I was like absolute typical thistle. Like been fine all pre-season. Everyone's there's been no injuries. And then as soon as they they were built up to the opener, three centre halves injured in the space of the week. It was just typical. But in terms of the the starting eleven that I did see, um, just echoing much the same as what Jamie said, I was a wee bit surprised to see Mitchell get the northern goals, but it's not a massive shock. And it feel, I feel like McCall doesn't really rate Sneddon massively. Um, I do feel that Mitchell's considerably considerably better with the ball at his feet, um, as well as being a bigger character on the pitch and he's a lot more vocal. So. When it comes down to these fine module, uh, margins, I can see why the gaffers opted to go with David Mitchell. But yeah, also the same as what Jamie said, you've got no qualms with Jack McMillan filling in at centre-half, but it's just a wee bit disappointing as we've seen how effective he's been at right-back during the course of the Premier Sports Cup. And the real conundrum was about who was going to play right-back. We all thought it was going to be Doc. We've seen him play there against Motherwell and that friendly, but you've got to hand it to both Turner and McMillan. They were outstanding on the day and up against a very good set of attackers. And now again, who's played umpteen games he's been about forever Zach Rudden and Yukubiak we know how good they are um, and they managed to nullify them throughout the whole game I mean an open play aspect we, we kept them at the full game and their only goals ended up coming from set pieces which will obviously get eradicated once we have the defensive team the, the defensive complement back but in terms of the, the performance that I've seen in the day I know we're touching it soon but before the game wee bit nervous after 20 minutes was Buzzing, like I, I was actually just so excited to have the season back. Sun splitting the sky, what a day it was, man. We might as well just have a, a chat about the goalkeeping position. And David, if you're Jamie Snedden and you take into account the last three years, what are you thinking right now? I mean, after this game, you it, it must be a real headache for him because. You look at that, I mean, we'll talk about the two goals, you know, we conceded both from corners and you were sitting there, you know, absolutely arsed clenched to the seat every time we got a corner or a set piece or whatever against us because you thought we could just chuck it in and go back to three each. Last five minutes were a nervy, nervy um, affair. And if you're if you're Jamie Snedden sitting on the bench watching us chuck in these two goals to set pieces, you kind of have to wonder, like, it's one of those natural things where you think I would have saved that and I think you you would be very hard done by if you were Jamie Steddon thinking about getting dropped but I mean Mitchell played perfectly fine in the two games um, and there is obviously pros and cons to both of them I would probably go for Steddon myself but it, it isn't uh, an, an A and a B it is very much an A1 and an A2 and then they both have their own pros and yeah you have to wonder Sneddon like we went through this in 2019 where you know, when Fox was here, he didn't get a game, and then he got into the team, and then he got dropped for Hazard and Cami Bell and everything. And then 2020, it was sort of him and Wright. And then last season, he finally got to grasp the mantle, and he, he got a run, and you thought, that's him secured it. And now he's kind of back to where he was two years ago, and it must be very, very frustrating. Yeah, I think Reese touched on it earlier. Stuart Watt got in touch, actually, to ask about the goalkeeping position and he said that Mitchell's distribution didn't look great on Saturday. He did have a couple of sort of iffy kicks, but I think I agree with Reese that I think his distribution does look better than Snedden's. I think where Snedden has the edge, and I know this is easy to say because um, we've conceded a few from corners recently, but I think Snedden does have a better command of his box and from the sort of small sample size I've seen of Mitchell, I think they're both sort of good shot stoppers, so it's 
what you're going to prioritise over sort of distribution or command of your area. If we are looking for a goalkeeper to build out from the back, I think that's probably a good thing for this season. Um, it's something we couldn't really do last season due to the pitch. So if that's the way we're going to go this season, um, Mitchell probably is the man and he'll obviously get full backing from the crowd. He's not he's not really put a foot wrong yet. He's been pretty impressive. But at the same time, I think it is really tough for Jamie Snedden because has he really done anything to warrant getting dropped? I don't think so. As I said last week, I think his form did tail off for the last four or five weeks of the season. But on the whole, for a good six or seven month period, he was he was putting in man of the match performances and winning his points. And I think this is he signed a, a one year contract extension last season for this season. So this is his, the last season he's got in his contract. And he's he's surely thinking if if it stays the same way, he'll be off sharpish because it it does appear unfortunately that McCall doesn't really rate him as, ha- as highly as you'd like to rate a number one goalkeeper. But as I said again, David Mitchell will have his you'll have the full back of the support. I think he's been he's been solid in what we've seen so far. Jamie Reese, don't know if you want to come in. Yeah, I just uh, agree with what both you guys were saying there. It's, I think Mitchell's looked final. Of course we conceded a lot from corners and stuff, but in terms of like as I said earlier, the open play aspect of things, he's looked good. He's made a few good stops. I mean they had one at the weekend. Um, I think it was Max Anderson cut in and, and it looked like it was goal-bound and he, he got down low, strong hand and he actually pushed it away from Rudden. That was a great save. I think he'll probably be the number one up until such times where he has a bit of a howler or his confidence has dropped and he's just in a, bit, a wee rut of form and a wee rut of poor form. So Snedden will get his chance. Of course that will happen, but you've got to feel for Snedden and as you've mentioned, he's got to be thinking as well. I'm not getting a game and then I start to get a game and then I'm doing well, and then I sign a new contract, and I'm back to not getting a game. So he must be thinking, like, this is probably my last year here. We said that last year, and you never know with football. I feel we do kind of have this conversation almost every season. We had it in the League One season, like, oh, Sneddon's been dropped right. He's got to probably leave at the end of this season. Oh, Sneddon's been dropped again for Stone at the start of last season. Oh, maybe he'll leave, obviously. Last season he came into his own, but... If it's happening again, he's surely only so much he can take of it when he's just kind of like, that's it, I'm moving somewhere where I know I'll be the first choice keeper because he's definitely good enough to move somewhere else. I don't know if he wants to stay in Scotland, maybe do something similar to Senna, go down to England League 2, something like that, I don't know. But he's definitely a goalkeeper who probably does have options if he wants to leave us, so there's only so much he can take of it. And I do think it's disappointing for him because, like you said, Matt, he's not really done much to deserve to get dropped. I thought like he was fine in the League Cup group stages, so I, I feel I feel for him. I feel it's a tough one for him. While while the the sort of tone is a bit negative, we'll stick on a negative and then it'll turn into a very positive podcast. Um, how big a concern do we think the leaking of goals from from corners is at the moment? I know we have um, centre backs out, and we only really had Holt, McMillan, and Graham as aerial threats on. On Saturday there, but we did concede um, from corners against Montrose, and it seemed well. At least two of them have been corners in at the near post area, um, which is currently marked by Doherty. I think Doherty is quite good in the air, but do we think it's maybe time for a change? Maybe stick somebody like Graham in at the near post to just be, have a free role and attack the ball. Jamie, I'll come to you on that first. What do you see as a, a solution to the? The corner issue at the moment, do you think it's just a case of biding our time till we get bodies back, or do you think there's something that can be done? 
Uh, yeah, I do think it's definitely an issue. And I was saying in the chat, if I'm not wrong, I think all of them have come from the same side. So if you sent, like if we were sent behind the goal, it comes from like, all right, I think every goal we can see from a corner has come from that side. And yeah, so clearly it is an issue and we want to get that cut out as soon as possible. Obviously, there was a mixture of defence at Dundee because he did two corners, okay. But we did do it in some of the other games. And like you said, docked at the front post. I don't think, I don't think he's terrible in the air or anything like that. Obviously, he's actually scored a couple of corners for us. So it's not like he's hopeless in the air or anything. But maybe, like you said, someone a bit taller like Graham or I'm not sure. You might you might think of some somebody else, maybe like a McMillan or something. But then again, he might be someone who's marking. But I'm trying to think of someone who's a reasonable height who's probably quite good in the air. McMillan's who comes to my mind who we could probably use someone else to mark whoever his man would be and put him on the front post. I think it's just like the aesthetics of it as well. If you're taking a corner and there's a big guy standing at the front, you think, right, I better get it over him. I do think Ross Docker is decent in there, but if you see him, you're probably going to just target that, aren't you? It only takes a big centre-half to run across him and you've got a problem. David, you going to come in? Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think, I, would, I think Graham's probably a shout, because, I mean, even though he is a striker, like it's not like he's going to be marking players and stuff like that. He is kind of an extraneous piece of the puzzle in that case. He doesn't already have a defined role. And as well as that, one of the sort of key things about Graham is that, I mean, you know, he absolutely he loves a goal and he, he can find a, he can find really fine margins to, to get touches on balls to to score and you know, get into positions and stuff like that. Um, he, he has a knack for kind of u- using his body a bit more to to get onto balls that other people wouldn't necessarily do it. And strange enough, I feel that it is sort of something that you kind of need on the post. Just a guy who can get in front of balls and kind of make himself an obstruction and just kind of get balls away and stuff like that. Um, a bit more street smart um, in that sort of way that, Weirdly, I think it could translate um, in a way. I I know that probably sounds utter nonsense, but I, I know I know what I mean. I think that Graham is probably a shout to do that because he's not an, an integral part of the defence as it is anyway, and he knows he, he knows how to use himself to kind of get to balls that others can't. So I think it could work. Yeah, just that Drogba was the best at that for Chelsea. Um, maybe Graham could do something similar for us. Yeah, I was looking to say it was about Graham. Sometimes if we've got like a centre back off injured, we go down to ten for whatever reason. You sometimes see Graham kind of fill in as that centre back role. I've seen it happen like once or twice if someone's gone off injured. So clearly he's not like afraid to do that. I think he can win balls in the air, you know, on the defensive side of things as well. So I think Graham's not a bad shot as well. Yeah. Anyway, negatives negatives over. Don't want to um shine too bright a light in our, our weaknesses in case anyone from Hamilton's listening. But plenty of positives to talk about. Reese, I'll come to you. What were your favourite things about the performance on Saturday? Favourite things? Um, favourite part of the day, strangely enough, from Thistle, the football was actually the best part for once. I mean, going to Dens Park and laying down a, a huge market against the so-called title favourites, it just felt absolutely amazing, man. We're so full of optimism right now and you couldn't ask for a better start. I don't remember a official side being in, in such good nick going into the beginning of a season since that great campaign in 2012-2013. Um, so if it, just the football was an absolute joy to watch at the weekend and the Dundee fire alarm and the subsequent tears were, were no bad either. I just, in a nutshell, I thought Fitzy and Lawless, they both ran the show. It was su- it's such a pleasure now having that, these creative options at our disposal. Um, 
And another thing, like, it's weird that Kevin Holt has actually set his own standards so high that you almost don't realise how many crucial blocks he made. Like, he makes every game and he, and he continues to make. You've seen that at the weekend and, and to make matters even even better. He was apparently getting it right up the Dundee fans at full time and they were fuming. So, aye, it was a, it was a really good day in football terms and shithousery terms. Uh, it's, de- it's definitely good to see we've got a few guys in the in the team who can give it back. I think for a few years before McCall came in, we were sort of lacking that um, little bit of edge, but we've definitely got that back just now. David, what about you? What were your highlights? I know I have to I have to agree about the the little bit of edge and just in terms of it was just how up for it they were. Like we we how many times have we seen like Thistle games where I can point to I don't know. The like numerous Rangers or Celtic games, the Aberdeen quarter final, um, you know the, the the Morton games last season, all these where you're dead up for it and there's something in front of you and like it's it's attainable within your grasp. I know saying Aberdeen Farm is is a bit silly, but you know what I mean. Like in terms of games, our fans are going into it just absolutely pumping, desperate for a win, and we just don't do anything and we just totally flounder under the circumstances and it was absolutely just really lovely to see us get the bit between our teeth and absolutely take it to our team on the first day I'm so used to it just being rubbish on on the first day that we we absolutely bossed them for you know at least the first half hour when we were like 2-0 up and you're absolutely just they're just strolling about the park and Dundee were rotten and then, like when the third one went in, you could see how much it meant. Well, when all the goals running, you see how much it meant to them. We always talk about Graham celebrating like he's won the Champions League whenever he scores, but everyone was like that. And you just saw that we joked about, you know, the tickets being misprinted and all that. You know, I was saying stick it in the dressing room wall, and we'll scud them and all that. And like it generally feels like they did that because the players have all talked about sort of the wee things that kind of were, were getting under our skin. I mean, Kyle Turner mentioned the tickets in his interview before. Brian Graham's brought it up. You could see that everybody was just absolutely up for it and they played like they were up for it and put in a performance and it was just absolutely brilliant to see. I agree. Jamie? I mean, there was so many things that I think made it such a great day. The football we played was fantastic. Like The build-up to Fitz's goal, despite his goal being deflected, was I think great play. That, was, that goal was my favourite. Obviously, it's, part of it was just because it was the first goal of the season in the league, but it was very good play leading up to it. Uh, it was great to see a good away turnout as well, despite the ridiculous prices from Dundee and getting on the supporters bus and seeing it. The one, our, the other one was absolutely completely full, which was fantastic to see. It's just great. To, it's just great to be back. So it's hard to pinpoint an exact moment, but I'll just say the the football played, not the full time whistle, just because of how stressful the last five minutes were. I, w- I was going to say, I want a special mention to Zach Rodden because seeing our defenders, you could see how bursting he was to get it up as and score and he just didn't do anything and our defenders are just completely stymieing him at every point and you could see how raging he was about it and it was fucking wonderful. <laughs> I very much did enjoy that as well. No, I just echo your guys' thoughts. I didn't think there was a single failure on the park, in- including the substitutes that come on. I really liked... The midfield three, um, I thought, well, Kyle Turner <laughs> might actually end up being very unlucky because he put a really good performance in at right back. Really solid. And it did look like for the first five or ten minutes, Dundee might try and exploit their left or right-hand side of the defence. And they didn't get too much joy. I thought Turner put in a really good shift 
Um, but the midfield three, I thought Doherty, Bannigan and McKinnon, it was really well balanced. Um, I really enjoyed all of their performances. And as you say, it's the front three. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Graham, brilliant. I thought Lawless was the man of the match. I think he was involved in every goal. I think his goal was probably the best finish, even though the, it came from a, a Dundee mistake. He still had quite a lot of work to do from 25 yards. It was a really good finish to put it in the corner. And Kevin Holt as well. Huge block in the last minute. I know you've spoken about the number of blocks he had, Reese, but there was one right in the last minute. He flung his body in the way and that saved two points. It was, And, and a shout out um, to Ian McCall's hat twirl as well. He unequivocally loved to see it. I, I just wanted to ask a wee question about the back four. It is mental. We will probably, somebody will probably never see that back four again, despite the fact that they were so, so good. Have we ever had a back four in a game that I said where all four people have been such assist merchants where you've got Kevin Holt who obviously got a couple in Kyle Turner who was assistant last season you've got Milne and you've got McMillan who's been chucking in you know stuff have we ever had a back four where all four are capable of chipping in with an assist like that maybe in like Dylan's testimonial when it was like Taylor Sinclair and Ray Bradshaw um, <laughs> maybe that one we're not even spoken about Harry Milne yet like Harry Milne was excellent but you're even though he's only played, what, three or four games, it's just par for the course now. You watch him, and when 95% of fullbacks in Scotland would pass it sideways or pass it backwards, he's taking a man on and beating a man and playing a forward pass or delivering a cross. He was excellent, and <laughs> it's almost just you're expecting it now because he's so good. Every time he gets the ball, like you expect him to go to the byline, but so many times he does that wee chop inside, and then he goes and beats the guy, and he'll pass the ball with the outside of his foot, like... Honestly, as you've said, like he's, he, he as well has set his standards so high. It's an absolute joy to watch him and we just need to make the most of it whilst we can. Something they talk about in um, golf is sustainability. So I'm going to ask you about the sustainability of, of what we saw on Saturday. Obviously, a makeshift back four, a bit shaky at the end. Is, well, obviously scoring three goals every week, not sustainable. But is that sort of level of performance sustainable? Well, we've got guys like... Fitzpatrick and Lawless getting the ball, feeding off Brian Graham, a relatively solid perform, well, a solid performance in open play defensively. Do we think that's sustainable for the the season? And has that boosted your optimism ahead of the remaining 35 games? Has it changed the way you're you're viewing the season? David, I'll come to you on that one. I mean, it's a difficult one because I think we had literally the exact same conversation about this last year because we were, you know, it was goals are plenty on both ends for the first nine games of the season where we were scoring lots of goals, we were also conceding lots of goals. And then we completely changed the way, the way we played, went on the insane clean sheet run and just didn't score goals anymore. And it's kind of one of those things where it, it, it wasn't sustainable, but it, well, we never really got a chance to see if it's sustainable because we changed ourselves up to the detriment of the attack, I think, in terms of we showed up the defence and kind of cost ourselves goals in that. But obviously, with the re- the rewards of having all those clean sheets, I, I I I don't know. It is one of those things where if you play like this, you will lose games, but you'll also win games. And it is just about the fine margins of how many draws can you turn into a win, how many losses can you turn into draws, if you know what I mean, and kind of getting a goal when you need to. It is... It is an absolute lottery with this sort of play, but I, like again, we've talked about how many players we really, really enjoyed on Saturday, like and just you no know, absolutely, no absolute joys to watch. And you've got people like Tiffany and all that on on the bench who didn't really even make an impact in that. Like 
like we have lots of uh, attacking options and we have players who are fighting for positions where you wouldn't be fathomable like in last season that these people would potentially be not be in the starting eleven. And it's, it's, what, it's what makes wild. me think, David, that McCall might stick with this this season is if you think back to the start of last season, we beat Queen of the South three two, we scudded there, we put goals past Morton, and it was the games against the the bigger teams or Broth away. Inverness away, Wraith away, where well, we were going gung ho, but we were getting outscored essentially three twos, three ones. We've gone toe to toe with the, the title favourites away from home, and we've outscored them. We've proven that we can outscore a team, not just grind a result against a good team. And that's something I don't think we did last season. We beat top teams last season, but we didn't outscore them. We ground out one nils away at Kilmarnock, for example. That might just make McCall think. We're going for this. We've got the players. Let them come and beat us. Reese, do you want to come in? Yeah, I, I really agree with the sentiment that you're saying there, Matt. Like the fact that we actually went to to Dens Park, the toughest opponent you could have asked for on the opening day, and to put in a performance as good as that, and the attacking side of things to show that we can go and get goals, and like we've all mentioned before, that's without Scott Tiffany. So when he's back to full fitness and he's back playing regularly. The options that we're going to have, it's just, it's, it just it gets you buzzing. Like, I just, I really can't wait for the remainder of this season. In terms of sustainability, I, I think Jack McMillan is a brilliant player. I, I generally love Jack McMillan. He might be probably my favourite player at the moment. And I think he's great at centre half as well. Um, but I just think moving him back out to right back, and for example, just say Adam Muirhead, like a commanding centre half, if he was playing at the weekend. It's hard. You can say these things in hindsight, but I don't think we would have conceded both those goals from corners. But I don't know when he'll be back. He's obviously out with his hernia at the minute. So and it's actually mad to say like we're all wanting your head back in because when he got announced, people are thinking, nah, he'll just play the odd game here and there, just back up. You don't want him to start in 11. But we probably did miss him a, a wee bit the weekend, albeit we, of course, still won the game and stuff. But we could have been doing with him at the back um, for the set pieces. But yeah. The, the style of play and stuff, it, it does seem sustainable. And you, you do love to see us going gung-ho. You love to see us getting goals and playing nice football. And that was evident at the weekend. I mean, sort of grinding out the 1-0s and that, the ugly performances and the, the winning late on with the penalty kicks. Enough's been said about the pitch, but that's probably the main reason why we had to sort of adapt our game and adapt the way that we're playing. So I'm looking back to I'm looking forward to getting back to Farhaw on Saturday and let's just hope we can keep things going. We will move on then to preview the Hamilton match. David, I'll ask you a question. If you had to pick one centre-back that you could magically give full fitness to on Saturday, who was out of the Dundee game, who would you you grant that power to? Oh, God, that's... I mean, I, I'm all... I'm always team Akinola. I love Akinola and at 100% I'm excited to see how he fits into this team when he is back and running and gets a run of games because he was so good last season that the idea of him just not being able to get in the team is, is quite is quite frightening but as as we said like we, we kind of did miss Muirhead on Saturday so I, if if you're if you're talking Hamilton, I I would probably go Muirhead myself, but the overwhelming temptation is Akinola as well because I w- I want to see him in this team. Yeah, I th- I think by the sounds of it, he might be the closest to fitness as well. 
Uh, Jamie, what kind of game are you expecting from Hamilton on Saturday? I feel it's kind of difficult to know what to expect from Hamilton because I've not I've not seen them this season. I don't think they've signed a. I don't think they make a huge influx of signings from last season. People keep saying, "Oh, the club's in turmoil, etc., etc." Uh, I John Rankin's been made their manager, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, I, I have no idea what to expect from a John Rankin team. You think there would be kind of a team that digs in maybe and hard tackling that kind of team, but. Uh, yeah, I really don't know what to make of them, but realistically, we can only focus on ourselves. And I think if we played like we did on Saturday, then we really should be winning this game at home. be good to play on the Firehill pitch, a league game with grass on it. That would be, be a sight to behold. And yeah, like I said, I think if we play the same as we did on Saturday, then we really should be winning this game. And maybe like one or two changes to the team, depending on who's back. If any of the centre backs are back, you'd think that we come in and McMillan move to right back. But then obviously gives uh, McCall a selection headache in the midfield. Who's it, who's it you drop if you're keeping the shape the same out of Doc, Bannigan, Turner or McKinnon? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Cause I don't think any of them played badly. No one played badly on Saturday, but I don't think any of them deserve to be dropped right now. So it's a tough decision, but it's kind of a decision you want to have. That was going to be my next question. So, Jamie, I'll stick with you. Um, if, if we do have one returning centre-back, um, I'm going to assume that we'll move McMillan back to right back and move that centre back into the team. So how does the midfield shape up on Saturday? If that's the case, then who is getting the nod in the, the midfield three? It's tough. Like I said, I really don't think anyone had a bad performance, really, at Dundee. But realistically, I think I think Bannigan probably be the one that drops out. I mean, he came off probably because he was on a booking and he was getting dangerously close he was putting a few tackles in to get a second one but I think he'll probably be the one that gets dropped because I can't see McCall ever dropping Doherty Turner's fantastic going forward I don't think he can get dropped right now and McKinnon obviously scored on Saturday and I wouldn't say he's put a foot wrong so I, I think it's not like Manning has done lots wrong or anything but I think out of the three currently he'll probably be the one to drop out Rhys do you agree? Yeah, I've, I've got to agree with, Jamie, with what Jamie said there. I think Cole McKinnon's been a bit of a revelation since he's came in. He's so composed on the ball. His, as I said last week, his technique's incredible. He, he carries the ball well. He, he makes those lung-busting runs, uh, lung runs into the box, getting on the end of stuff. And at the moment, I've not really seen any sort of weak points to his game. So I'm enjoying watching him play at the minute too. So it's, it's harsh on Bannigan being dropped. He doesn't really deserve to be dropped either, but our midfield options are just really good right now and I, I think you can't take Kyle Turner out of the team at the moment. We've seen how good he's been in the Premier Sports Cup. The way he just creates things from the midfield is we, we've missed that for so long and we all say how Doc and Banzo are so similar. I think a midfield three of Turner, McKinnon and Doc they all have different qualities and I think they would complement each other quite well. Um, so yeah and I know Banzo's got his booking at the weekend so that's us winning the league and that's us one point closest to the, the more or less question about Banzo getting the yellow card this season. <laughs> I turned to David when he got booked and said we've got a problem. David, uh, bookings aside and your your investment in that, our little predictions, are you dropping Banzo if if we've got a full back four on, on Saturday? I mean, uh, I, I'm loath to ever say to drop Banzo, to be honest, but Reese is right, like, Turner, I absolutely love Turner and like he offers us so much 
and Doherty's not getting dropped. And again, Doherty and Bannigan are, are very, very similar and they complement each other really, really well. But McKinnon brings something else that Bannigan doesn't. Again, he makes runs that Bannigan just does not do anymore. And you, you saw how effective it was on Saturday. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things where Bannigan is the odd man out at the moment. Like I think those three together are, are fantastic. And Bannigan is, is going to have to absolutely fight to get back in because, yeah, I, I just think that they're, they're a good trio together. I'll stick up for Bannigan because he's not getting well. He's getting love, but he's he's not getting he's not getting picked. I would probably pick him. I didn't think he had the best League Cup campaign, but I thought he was really really good at Dundee. Um, his energy. He's not playing a similar role to last season when we saw him sort of sitting in the dock. He's getting into the box. He's making runs, and those runs are sort of freeing up space for Graham to win knockdowns and for Lawless and Fitzpatrick to get in the ball. I think with Bannigan's energy and the sort of freer role that he seems to have this season in a in a sort of three-man midfield rather than a two, I think I would stick with Bannigan. <laughs> Again, he absolutely doesn't deserve it, but I'd maybe if we had a full-back four and had to pick three midfielders, maybe Turner would be the man to sit out for me because I think he would probably be the, the best impact sub as well. And he, he definitely doesn't deserve it, and this is probably... A great position to be in, isn't it? When we're talking about how, how unfair it is for Sledden to be dropped, how unfair it would be for Bannigan or Turner to be dropped. And you turned how? to me then, you turned to me then, David, and went, Welcome to Partick this left sea where nothing can possibly go wrong. It <laughs> seems too good to be true that we've got all these fantastic options all over the pitch. And I, I don't think McCall can get criticised too much for opting for Bannigan or Turner or Mitchell or Snedden, it's it's really a coin flip, isn't it? It's a ludicrous situation we're in where the Rangers loanee has not been mentioned in who's going to be dropped from the team. Like he, no he's one been is outstanding. It? He has. And it's just so wild. Like, you know, think of all the Rangers loanees we've had that are not called Lewis Mayo. And like you're thinking any of them even like, you know, laying a glove on the likes of like Bannigan Docket and stuff like that is no happening and it's just it's wild. Anyway, we'll move on to the, the important business uh, of predictions. So we all predicted that Partick Thistle would, would triumph at Dens Park on Saturday. But it was it was just me who called the 3-2 the scoreline. So I move into the lead with eight points and the rest of you trail behind on seven for the season. David, I'll come to you first for a score prediction for the Hamilton game on Saturday. Take it away. <sighs> this has been a worrying season for us in this podcast. Like... We are way, way, way too happy. Like it's not. I, I'm, I am really worried about the level of positivity that we have. It is frightening, and people listening to this must be absolutely shitting themselves listening to us extol the virtues of how good this team are. Four 0 Thistle, fuck it. I thought you were gonna <laughs> go Hamilton just to tempt fate there, but, but no. Four 0 Thistle. Reese, any advance on four 0 well, as we all know too well, a week is a long time in football and we simply cannot get a huge result at Dens, then go back to Fahill and lose to Hamilton. So we've got to carry on this good form and momentum in each and every game. I'm going to go Partick Fussell to Hamilton Aki's nil. And you know what I will say just before we go any further, right? Remember our podcast years and years ago, we were talking about superstitions. And I'll say that I always wear, whatever I'm wearing to a game, 
if we win, I'll keep wearing that. And I'm counting the Kilmarnock game as a win. So this whole season, every Saturday, I've had to wear the same outfit. And you know what the weather's been like this season? It's been roasting, and I'm having to wear a full black outfit. And <laughs> see, if I need to go the full season wearing a full uh, a black hoodie and like trousers, then I will happily do it. <laughs> you know it's bad at Steny when I turned to racing, I went, fuck's sake, you're overdoing it a wee bit, aren't you? <laughs> Me, <laughs> who's never worn a short sleeve <laughs> in his life, is like, fuck, you must be fucking Wait, violent. <laughs> no, do you know what I actually done? I tell a lie. See, for the phase of the game, I got a bit gallus and I knew that we'd win that because there was a heat wave on and I wore shorts, but that's how I went off. Well, I'll allow it for, for health and safety reasons. Jamie, score prediction? Uh, I'll say 3 0 Festival. 3-0 Thistle. Uh, I'm going to join Reese. I'll go with 2-0. Um, I think back to recent home games against Hamilton, and I think the f- the 4-0 Hamilton one's the outlier, but Hamilton always seemed to sort of sit in a bit at Firhill. It's normally tight. Mm, not the greatest games. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 as well. I think we'll have lots of the ball, lots of chances, and I think we'll get a couple of couple of second half goals for a, a 2-0. Yeah, I um, think they're the sweetest for another 6-1 this season so if I was Hamilton then I'd be, be a wee bit nervous the old 901 uh, formation for Aki's that day well they did that, that I think this is the game that's sticking out in my head they did that because I think we played the Aki's at home about a month after the 6-1 and they obviously just were like this isn't happening again and just sat in and I think we I think Mayo scored ahead on we won one now and that game sort of sticks out to me and I think they might try something similar on Saturday Anyway, we have a, a late listener question, which has is, is made it from Neil Fraser. He's asked, is it too early for the the percentage of the percentage chance of winning the league question? No, it's not. Um, he is currently at 97%. He's given Thistle a 97% <laughs> chance of winning the league. Uh, David, any advance on 97%? Right. Now, you know the score with this, Matt. It doesn't matter if we are 21 points clear or in ninth. I am 66% confident that we will win the, the championship. It, it is the rule. No matter how confident I am, the answer is 66%. Um, outwardly, that, that is the percentage I'm going for. Reese, <laughs> You cannot ask that question on match day one. But see, the thing is, everybody I've spoke to since Saturday, I've been telling them how we're going to win the league. And I'm so confident of it. I've, after that result at the weekend, everyone, like, I've seen like all sorts of podcasts and I was listening to the Terrace on Saturday before the game and they were saying like I think Dundee will probably win the league and Dundee were everyone's favourites and I think that's going to change now after us beating them at the weekend um, and it, it's good to see Fissel finally getting the flowers I think a few people are actually sit, sitting up and going hold on a minute this team's actually quite good they've made some good signings and they could be a real threat this season <sighs> Watch us go on an eight game losing streak now but <laughs> I'm feeling... 70% confident. Match day one, I'm happy with 70% we are going to win now. <laughs> so, in terms of Thistle versus the remaining field of nine teams, you're giving the nine teams a collective 30% chance. Yeah, they've not got a chance. <laughs> Jamie? I'd have probably said 50% before the Dundee game, but go on, David, I'll join you in 66. <laughs> this is wild, man. I, I'll need to bring this back down. I'll, I'll be the sensible one, but I'll still say 50 I give us a, a 50% <laughs> chance of winning the league. Uh, so 50-50, whether we, we win it or not. The, the field can have 50% of a chance as well. Thanks for submitting that question, Neil, because I forgot and it was a good one. 
ahead of the women's season getting underway this weekend. Earlier this week, David caught up with Thistle women's centre-half, Taylor McGlashan. Now I'm joined by Fissel Women's defender Taylor McGlash to talk about Fissel Women's team ahead of their season opener on Sunday. Taylor, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, just get back in from training. Um, so, yeah, but all, all good though. How's training been so far? How, how, are you, have you been rusty? I mean, if you watch the Jagson videos of the men's team, they all complained about how they were sweating buckets. Uh, they, were, they were hating it. So how is, how's it been for yourselves? Obviously, part-time. Has it been a struggle or how have you felt in training? No, I think so. We've stepped it up this season. Um, you know, previous seasons we'd only kind of trained twice a week. Um, but I think Brian, the coaches were wanting to step it up a level. Um, and they're really kind of emphasising fitness this season. Um, so it's, it's been it's been a graph, but it's been good. Three three training sessions for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so it has been a lot a lot of fitness all work as well. Um, but it's been really good. You know, everyone's probably the fittest they've, they've been um in a long time. Um, so just ready to, to start the season on Sunday. Fissel finished ninth last year um, after being brought up previous season uh, because of Forford's um, unfortunate demise. I believe you're Fissel's longest serving player. Yeah, so right. sixth six season I joined September, October 2017 when we were still in Division 1. To come from there to where we are now, it's, it's some achievement in you know, the short space of time. Um, so I'm just looking forward to, I was injured last season as, for most of the season, um, so I'm just looking forward to kind of having a full season in SWPL1 and hopefully stay injury free. We've seen like Darren Brownlee, centre half for uh, Fissel's men's team, he was out the whole year last season mm-hmm. and you've, you've kind of seen it there where, you know, you don't just come onto the pitch straight away um, and you'll be back to 100% it's how you were before you left and all that. So how difficult is it being injured for that sort of uh, protracted period of time? Well, for for me, that is this is you know the longest time I've I've ever been injured. Years I've always picked up wee niggle injuries of two to two three weeks, but this you know this injury was November, uh, start of November it happened, and you know that's me just kind of getting back to full training now. Um, it's it has been difficult, you know. I think it's just not obviously physically, mentally. It's that's what I found, you know really tough not being able to you know kind of partake I was telling myself I could go back went back too early you know went through many tears and tantrums with the physio pushing myself I think too early um but you know coach Brian and the coaches have been great they've been real supportive and you know when I'm ready to go back um so it's been good that I've not felt pushed or anything to kind of go back it's just me personally pushing myself um but like I say I'm, I'm ready to go now um and just looking forward to this season and, and hopefully staying injury free but I think yeah, it was definitely mentally. It was it was really really tough because I've never been injured for that long, for that significant period of time. Um, so like I say, you know, I'm just looking forward to kind of the season ahead now. No, absolutely. And then Brian Graham, uh, the manager. I mean, you you said you've been with us for well, nearly six years now. Uh, you've always seen the big transition from sort of down in the lower divisions all the way mm-hmm. up. How how big has Brian been? How instrumental has he been in the sort of change in the club? Because I I remember. Um, you know, before he came in, like 
I, I, it was it was a big rise up, and then yeah. Brian Graham kind of, you know he's taking he's taking you to the next level. How how big has he been for the team and and their development? Oh, it, it's been huge for us. You know, it's to have like professionals. The first season, you know, we had Brian, um, Doc, and Fozzie. So having like three professionals there, you know, as a striker, midfield, and a defender, kind of, you know, taking us through everything to have that guidance there as well. You know, you couldn't get that anywhere else. And we can't, you know, thank them enough for kind of stepping up and, you know, taking us to where we are now. And hopefully for this season, um, getting a top six finish. So is that the aim for this season? Top six, you're going to try and replicate our, our men's team in the 16-17, get a top six finish? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. You know, we've made some brilliant signings this season. And like like I said, we've really stepped up um, for training um, and everything about that. So they've... The guys have been working hard behind the scenes and, like I say, it all, all starts on Sunday and putting everything out there. It's very exciting because, yeah, it was, there, there's been, there was a lot of, of drama and, and stuff like that last season in terms of just really exciting games, you know, mm-hmm. games of big wins, games of big losses. I mean, the, the semi-final, um, obviously, in the Scottish Cup was a huge thing for the women's team. Um, were, were you injured at that point? Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah. was I was injured then, um, but I was there obviously to watch it and cheer on the girls, and it was just the atmosphere that night, and you know that game was just yeah, it was brilliant, phenomenal result for the girls, and also no, the semi final. I'm talking about the quarterfinals. I was yeah, I was playing the semi finals. <laughs> I thought you were in the semi final, but I was sort of wondering. I think I remember seeing you there. <laughs> there you go. No, I was. I was okay back for the the semi final. Sorry, uh, I was. Uh, it was, a, it was a brilliant um it was a brilliant occasion to get us that far um and like i'd said you know when i first joined this so i think in that season of 2017-2018 uh, we drew hibs in the second round we get beat 8-1 i think um off them so to kind of go from that to where we were now to get at the semi-finals of the scottish cup against glasgow city it just really shows how far we've came as a club in you know that short space of time um, but no, it was, a, it was a great occasion for everyone, and you know the fans were brilliant, um, like they always are. No, absolutely, yeah, it was a, it was a great, great day out, and yeah, there was lots of. Well, I think I think it was thinking about I think like Fissel were one of the certainly certainly the loudest support there of the four there. But I think we had the, the sort of most fans. I think roughly around about that, but we did take a big uh, fall in there, and yeah, it was it was a great, great occasion. There's a lot to do, you know, we've we've got a great um, media team, you know, Craig does so much work behind the scenes and, you know, even won, I think, the, the award, I think it came third in the UK for the media, how, the football clubs, um, so, you know, we've got to thank him for everything, like, he puts, make, puts us on the map, uh, per se, so he, he does some great work in social media and kind of pushing us out and making us known. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Craig does a lot. I mean, and he'll be absolutely beaming at us, you know, bumming him up like this. But um, yeah, he does. He does a lot of work for the women's team and and obviously the men's team as yeah. well, and helps mm-hmm. us as well. Would you say that the sort of the semi final was your proudest moment, or is there a game that kind of stands out that your favourite game that wasn't maybe that? Um, for me personally, I think it was we'd, we'd played Hibs in October, um, and we'd won three two, I think. Um. Mm-hmm. That was for me kind of say like being part of that team and that kind of really like well that's to realise how far I've, I've came since being you know Division One getting beat off them eight eight one I think it was in the Scottish Cup that for me was like a, a massive achievement um 
and also getting promoted into, into SWPL2 and SWPL1. So there has been many, but I think that Hibs game really kind of stood out for me to see how far we've came as a, as a club. You're obviously at the, the catalyst for the, the Furore with the Kingsley kit. <laughs> you, you were the one that leaked the, the, the <laughs> selfie of you with the, the shirt in the background. Like, how did, that, how did that come about? Did you have to be persuaded to do it or were you, you, were you up for the laugh? Well, so I'd, I'd got a message off Craig on um, Instagram. Um, it had a, a wee secret task for me. He'd um, said it um, and he'd said, he'd, how would I like to accidentally leak the new strip? So obviously we've seen that the Kingsley strip um, that the girls had, I think it was Bulls and Lindsay Taylor had taken. So we'd actually seen it and I'd said, I'd, I honestly still don't believe that's a strip. So I thought that, I generally thought that was still going to be the home strip. Um, so tonight... Uh, Were you worried I, about having to wear it yourself? <laughs> Do you know what? It was the shots <laughs> that I didn't like. <laughs> but over time it kind of grew on us. Let's just say I'm glad it's not a home strip. So I, Craig had it kind of set up with her training that night. So the plan was to kind of hang it in the dressing room for everyone to kind of see. And then he was wanting me to kind of take a selfie with that accidentally in the background. We're just kind of saying, oh, back at training, back at it. So we'd kind of done it. We never told anyone else that we were doing it. So we took the first one um, and, you know, we had to get it okayed by, I don't know if it was a bot, whoever it was. Um, we took the first one, it was a bit too obvious. Um, so, yeah, the second one, and what, what the plan was to leave it up for about 15 minutes um, and just see if anyone notices it. So I was training at the um, he was looking at his phone I think after like five ten minutes it was on a thistle kind of Facebook group or a fan forum sorry um, and it kind of just took off from there but the, the funny thing was we had some of the girls in the football team um, messaging Craig saying oh do you know Taylor's late to home strip <laughs> so they didn't even bother messaging us in the group chat they were straight to Craig so a couple of the girls did but it wasn't till later on I still genuinely believe thought that was the, the strip but because I'd done the secret missions like as I would say, uh, Craig let me in in the secret. <laughs> I know it was. Uh, I think it made the Sun newspaper. No, I don't know if it was in the actual Sun, but the online Sun, and mm-hmm. kind of it did kind of get spread. I had friends wish me as actually he's actually wearing that this season. Um, so we played along with it for a bit, and it was it was like I say that's just Craig like again, just putting thistle on the map, making his kind of spoke about um, the guys and the women's um, of course, and in, in preparation for the kit launch that the real kit <laughs> would you would you well here's a question for you would you wear the kit um like 18 times this season if you got a, if it would secure your top six? Oh yeah 100% yeah, there you go. I mean I would love to, I mean if we had the option I would still wear it for you know a, a good few games a wee home game yeah, yeah, you went from a good few games to a wee home game. We've already <laughs> negotiated yourself down to one game. Um, if we were allowed to play at Fur Hill and to wear that pitch, then I'm all for it. I don't know if you've seen it. I assume Craig has probably shown you it tonight. Have you seen the video of uh, Brian Graham showing us where all the QR codes are for Hill and his blazer? No. All oh, right. Okay. Right. I've missed uh, that one. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you this just now. Here I am outside Fur Hill, but you have QR codes available like this one behind me. Open the camera app on your phone, scan the code. <laughs> Don't know what it was, he's got a blazer on top of his right. training topper. <laughs> right, take it, in no time. Back to the studio. <laughs> oh my god. I, it's, it's, it's very, very noticeable that he, did, that he didn't bring that up in training today, Brian. Oh no, no, I did. <laughs> We get brought up tomorrow. 
I apologise to Brian Graham in advance for the absolute radiation he's going to get tomorrow. <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> I wouldn't be getting any punditry jobs with that. <laughs> I think he should wear the blazer when he's on the sidelines. I think, you know, he should turn into a full old man manager, full blazer instead of training kit. I think, I, I think that's... He, he, I, I quite like it. Get rid of the training top underneath and just go full blazer and I think it would work. I was get my wee game where the Kingsley strip game he used to be kicked out in his suit. <laughs> there we go, that's it. But, uh, final question, I'll let you go. Um, we all we always ask lots of people this, how many bites does it take you to eat a cream egg? Many bites? Obviously you're a professional athlete, you're not allowed to eat these sort of things, but if you know, if you're having a cheat day, how many uh, days? Well, we'll take the top off first and eat the inside, so probably... Maybe four, she, a push. I take, the, so I take, bite the top off, have the cream inside, and then I'll eat the rest of the chocolate. So, so you eat the you eat the wee bit before the big bit? Aye. Yeah. Sometimes right. if I've just wanted the cream, I'll just chuck the rest of it away. We get we still need to make the big massive cream eggs with the cream in it. That's not happened yet. No, I, I, well, I, an Easter egg where I uh, start creaming. <laughs> absolutely. So you can buy a season ticket uh, for the women's season for sixty pounds. Um, if you have a men's season ticket, you actually get a discount uh, when it's only £40. And um, yeah, 16 home games down at Peters Hill mm-hmm. Park. Um, it's really easy to get to. Um, it's really not far from Far Hill at all. It'd be great to see as many people down as possible. Um, obviously, you know, for yourself, you know, being in front of a crowd must be great compared to, you know, like, you know, during like the pandemic and stuff like that, when there was like no football, you obviously watching football in the empty arenas just kind of wasn't really cutting it. So obviously having a big crowd must be a big Oh yeah, to- like to go from having just, you know, a couple, we've got a great, you know, fan base that come to most most home games and try and make their away games. Um, you know, got a shout out to Rosie's mum with the tambourine. Um, but we, we do, we've got a great group of supporters, but it'd be good to, to get... Um, more people this season, you know, especially off the back of the Euros that have just played um, to try and, you know, up the women's game in Scotland as well. So it would be good to get, get get a good turnout for our home games. Definitely. We, 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 don't, we, don't, want, we don't mention the women's Euros up here. Um, it didn't happen. No. It's, all, it's yeah. all a lie. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, watching it in the pub and I left it um, an extra time uh, when it was one each, so I was, I was quite happy with that. Um, so congratulations, Germany, on our amazing women's Euros victory. Um, but, and, um, good, um, and good luck, Taylor, uh, for the rest of the season. Right, thanks, David. We'll finish as we always do with with Partridge Thistle, and in tribute to to Zach Rudden, um, David. This question isn't really for me or you, um, but would you rather be bald, specky, or ginger? Jamie and Reese, and show your working. I really hope Ray Bradshaw doesn't wear contact lenses. I'm just saying because you're really stiff to fucking put in with this one. <laughs>
for, for me, I've got to say, definitely bald. I mean, I, I've I've got a skinhead at the moment, and if I do say so myself, my, I've got a pretty good hairline. So, but I just love the feeling of having really short hair. Like, so if the time was ever to come where I, I began losing my hair, then you've got to just back it all off. You can't be cutting about looking like Bobby Charlton, and, and like, it just looks worse. So just if if you're going bald, just go bald and embrace it, and it looks fine. So. That's my simple answer, and we'll leave it at that. You can't be cutting about like Bobby Charlton for Jack Rudden or Paul McGowan for that. Bobby, if you're listening, uh, apologies for that drive-by shooting there. Jamie, what about you? See, I've got screen glasses, which I don't really use very much, but so I'm kind of on my way there. So I'm going to have to say wearing glasses. And then g- g- ginger, just I feel going abroad would be an absolute nightmare. You could get burnt so easily. And bald, I don't know, I like having hair. So, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with glasses. David, would you swap your ginger hair for baldness or a pair of glasses? Absolutely fucking not. Um, No, no, people like, it's, people really like, like, I've got like decent, like, colour in my hair and stuff like that. Like, a lot of people do quite like, it it is very red, but it's not proper. Again, it's like, as you say, being specky is a state of mind. It's not actually about wearing glasses. It's the same. Being ginger is a state of mind. Um, and yeah, no, it's no. I'd read it all the time. We'll leave it at that then. We will be back next week to look back on hopefully another win against Hamilton at Firhill, and then we will be looking ahead to our trip to Oakleview to play Queens Park. In the meantime, stay safe and buy a season ticket. We need to go back to Oakleview, don't we? Oh, gee, I know. Tough scene. (laughs)